Hey, what's up YouTube and Instagram? I'm coming to you because I want to talk to you guys and give you a teaching, very brief teaching on the topic of persistent prayer or persistence in the place of prayer. And prayer, as it has been said um, by one man, it is through prayer that we live the Christian life and we live the Christian life to pray. Again, we pray to live the Christian life and we live the Christian life to pray. So it's inevitable. We cannot avoid this uh, facet, this pillar of the Christian faith, uh, namely prayer. Uh, I believe Charles Spurgeon said that prayer is to inhale and the reading of the word of God is to exhale. Um, that we cannot dispense of either of the two. Nevertheless, I want to add this adjective to the facet of prayer, namely persistent, persistent prayer. And I want to teach to you. I want to teach you guys from the chapter, from the book of Luke, in the chapter eighteen, in chapter eighteen, verse one. Very quickly, the word of the Lord reads, and he told them a parable to the effect that they ought always to pray and not lose heart. So we see on the outset, Luke, the physician, <clears throat> is informing his readers on exactly the express purpose for which Jesus is about to utter uh, this parable. It is for the intent, for the end, that men ought always to pray. So in other words, we are not limited in the duration of prayer. There is no expiration to prayer until the only expiration to prayer is when the Lord calls us home. Until then, men ought always to pray. So there is an endless uh, duration of time. And as long as we live here on this earth, Jesus expects for us to continue in prayer constantly. <clears throat> so ought always to pray and not lose heart. Or as the KJV puts it, the King James Version says, to not faint. Now, let it be noted that whenever the Lord gives a command... It is because man has a tendency to um, sin in that area. So Jesus recognizes that man will have a temptation to lose heart in the place of prayer. And so this parable is to help uh, uh, fortify this individual lest they relapse back to a, a place of unbelief or a place of an absence of prayer. He says... Um, and so let this also be noted that if you are in fact praying, that is an indication that you have faith and you haven't lost heart. In fact, that is what the Bible defines as fainting, is prayerlessness. <clears throat> Verse 2, he said, in a certain city, I'm just going to read it through and then I will go ahead and comment on it. He said, in a certain city, there was a judge who neither feared God nor respected man. And there was a widow in that city who kept coming to him and saying, give me justice against my adversary. For a while he refused, but, after, uh, but afterward he said to himself, though I neither fear God nor respect man, yet because this widow keeps bothering me, I will give her justice so that sh uh, she will not beat me down by her continual coming. And the Lord said, hear what the unrighteous judge says. And will not God give justice to his elect who cry to him day and night? Will he delay long over them? I tell you, he will give justice to them speedily. Nevertheless, when the Son of Man comes, will he find faith on earth? And so let me uh, point out a couple of uh, observations from this text, and then we'll get to <clears throat> the application. We see here that this judge that Jesus is referencing doesn't fear God nor respect man. 
This is a, in the Greek, it means that he cannot be put to shame. In our society, there are things that we do, the things that we believe and value that typically uh, the average man, even though he may be an unrighteous man, may comply certain societal norms that he will comply to because he doesn't want shame to be brought to him. And if he does violate the societal norms, he does it in private and not in public. He doesn't do it in the open. Well, this judge explicitly states he doesn't fear God and he doesn't respect man. He cannot be put to shame. And so he's a very wicked person that doesn't value righteousness, that doesn't value justice. However, he can, this widow who is in the city, and remember widows are destitute, they're desolate, and they don't have hopes of relying on a man. In fact, in ancient times, you had to have a man to basically vouch for you, a husband to vouch for you in the court of law. And uh, men's testimony were of greater weight in that time. Um, this widow doesn't even have that. So she is destitute. She doesn't have anybody to depend on. And if I can use this phrase, she is praying, quote, to a judge. Now, obviously, prayer as properly defined is p communication to God for certain requests. Um, but she is nevertheless requesting from this judge. And so what does a request imply? It implies that you have faith that this person have pow the power to execute or to deliver the request for which you have uh, 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 petitioned before them. Nonetheless, he has the power, but he doesn't have the willingness. And we'll see this is in stark contrast between the unrighteous judge and God who has both power and willingness to do so. But look it, she has faith that he's able to answer and deliver uh, to her the request of her lips. And she says, give me justice against my adversary. Now, this is what it says, for a while he refused. So we don't know how long that while is, but it is a while nevertheless. Now, it's, it's actually beneficial that it doesn't state the, how long the while was, because if it stated a year, after a year of praying, we might be tempted to give up because the, 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 the limitation to that while here in Scripture is limited to a year. If that was the case, we would be tempted to relapse back into a, a position of, <clears throat> of unbelief. But the Bible doesn't clarify or define how long that is. And I believe Jesus and uh, the Holy Spirit intended that so that if it, intend, if it comes to be five years that we've been going to the Lord for something, we won't be discouraged because there is no definition to how long of a while it is. <clears throat> Whether it's five or ten or fifteen years. But look it. It says this, just give me justice against my adversary. For a while he refused. But afterward, he said to himself, though I neither fear God nor respect man, yet because this widow keeps bothering me, I will give her justice so that she will not beat me down by her continual coming. And so what it means literally in the Greek is the same exact phrase Paul uses when he says, um, I beat my body into subjection. In other words, he is to bruise himself, to... Uh, uh, um, uh, beat himself, to pound himself, to punch himself, and this punching results in weariness and and basically a subjection, a yielding to. And this man ends up yielding to the blows of this woman's request because he is bothering her, bothering him. And so at, at one point, he says, look, my peace is actually worth more 
I want my peace. I want my sanity. And so I'm yielding to her request. I'm giving her what she wants, not because uh, I'm a righteous judge, but because she is so persistent and I don't want to be overcome with these blows. And so so he ends up as an unrighteous judge, granting her what she longed for. And it says this, verse 5, it says, Yet because this widow, no, excuse me, verse 6, And the Lord said, Hear what the unrighteous judge says. So the Lord is actually pointing to the world and saying we can learn from them. We can't learn everything from them, but the things that we can learn is either the things that we should do or we shouldn't do. We can learn by comparison or contrast. We can learn by precept or by example. But in this case, Jesus wants us to learn from the example of the persistent widow and learn from what the unrighteous judge said. And he says this, verse 7, And will not God give justice to his elect who cry to him day and night? And so... God doesn't want there to be a comparison as much as he wants there to be a contrast. This unrighteous judge yielded to the woman because of her persistence, though he was unwilling. But God, on the other hand, is willing and able, and we come to him not as judge. We come to him, as Jesus says in Luke chapter 11, he says, (coughs) our, excuse me, (coughs) our father, our father, and so a father grants provision and cares. The Bible says we cry, Abba, Father. And will not God give justice to his elect who cry to him day and night? So in other words, um, we're not limited to praying day or just praying at night. And this means that there is repetition to our prayers. So you can pray the same thing at night, in the morning and afternoon and at night. And, and your praying once isn't sufficient. There are some things that friendship alone with God will not grant you, that God will only grant by persistence. And so it says, will he delay long over them? I tell you, he will give justice to them speedily. Nevertheless, when the Son of Man comes, will he find faith on the earth? So in closing, I would say this. Does the Son of Man see an ounce of faith in your heart? Or when he returns, will he have found you to be of unbelief? Will he have found you to be of doubt? And James says this, The man that is doubtful, a double mind, is unstable in all his ways. Let not that man think that he shall receive anything of the Lord. And so my application to you is this. You must persist in prayer. It is only persistent prayer that yields effective results. The Bible says that Elijah, man was, uh, Elijah was a like man, a man of like passions, like we yet with. No, uh, excuse me, I was almost going to quote a different passage. He says Elijah was a man like us, a man of like passions, but he prayed earnestly that it might not rain. And so it says the prayer, the fervent prayer of a righteous man, the effectual fervent prayer of a righteous man avails much. Linda Ravenhill said this, he says, Elijah was a man of like passions, but are we as a people of like prayer? And so he, it was a effectual, fervent prayer of a righteous man. He was fervent therein. Hebrews chapter 5 or 7 says, Jesus in the days of his flesh offered up strong crying with tears from him who was able to save him from death. And he was hear, heard in that he was uh, in submission. And so um, don't lose heart. There are some things that God will not grant by mere prayer. He will only grant by persistent prayer. So may the Lord inspire you to grow in the place of private persistent prayer. God bless.